Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, friend, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you're going to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and anywhere fine podcasts are available. Oh, this is Going In Raw View. I yeah, forgot. Yeah. Our, we're filming this on a Monday. We usually film this on like a Wednesday. Yeah. But uh, this is Going In Raw View. This is a review old wrestling pay-per-views as voted on by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson at the $10 a month and up mark. You get to choose, you get to vote on which pay-per-view we're reviewing here on the show. We didn't get our three options before we started. I have three options. Steve did his three options before I we started. I did the three it's options. good because it's your turn. I, I know, exactly. That's why I chose them. Let's see, do I have... Oh, I don't have a third one, but I'll figure that out between now and when and we, we have finish to do that up. part of the show. Sounds exactly. good. Exactly. So if you see me drift off mentally for like five minutes, you know what's going on. I'll rely on you to keep going. Anyways, this week uh, we are talking about Armageddon 2004. Now, this was one of your options that you put forth. Yeah. Some people voted on. And why, why did you choose? Uh, because Kurt Angle wrestles Santa Claus. That <laughs> sounded ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was. It lasted about a minute. This was, it, it's so bizarre. So we were looking up before this. So when uh, Paul Heyman took over SmackDown in the summer of 2002, his tenure there as head writer only lasted until February 2003. Yeah. However, it was widely hailed as a really good tenure. Yeah. Like, it, I think the ratings, didn't, didn't it like start beating or on the ratings? Yeah. Like that? Okay. yeah, it did. Well, this is well after that. Yeah, this is more than a year after he left. Um, Brock Lesnar, by this point, had also left WWE. Right. Um, and granted, the, the, the main event scene mm-hmm. was packed with talent. Yeah. And the mid-card, to a certain extent, kind of was. Mm-hmm. But this, this was a period of time when, you know, this is this, obviously this is when John Cena was starting to get popular. Just the following WrestleMania, he would win the WWE title from JBL. Correct. Orton was around. Mm-hmm. Lesnar heard it come and gone. Mm-hmm. But there was a whole lot of other younger talent that was brought in. Mm-hmm. And they, a lot of them, seemed to uh, be uh, tall. Yes, correct. Very muscular. Yes, correct. And largely devoid of any charisma. <laughs> That's correct. This is where you get kind of your, uh, I would say, prototypical Vince McMahon guy. Yeah. Just a large men, lots of muscles, blank slate, man. Just moderate. Blank slate. Moderate wrestling skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's like, yeah, even less than moderate. Yeah. Just dead eyes, not a lot of charisma. There were multiple sort of versions of that running through this show. This really felt like a, a, not a very good SmackDown. 
Like if I imagine SmackDown for the time, this because this is a SmackDown exclusive pay per view. Yeah. Like you mentioned before, JBL was in the middle of his year long tenure as champion because they really didn't. Uh, I mean, Cena hadn't come alive yet. Yeah, no, but seeing who else was on the in the main event scene. Surprising that he lasted a year. There was Undertaker, there was Eddie Guerrero, there was Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. there was Booker T. Yeah. I mean, all of them. Really weird. Would, in theory, not even in theory, in practice, make better champions than JBL. I understand wanting to elevate somebody. He filled a very specific role, and he did it fairly well. Yeah. But Kurt Angle, brilliant heel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Eddie Guerrero's brilliant facer heel. Booker yeah. T, brilliant. Yeah. Undertaker, brilliant. You have all these legendary wrestlers mm-hmm. at the top of your card, and it's weird that JBL held the belt for a year. Yeah. It is. I was looking. I thought, so was JBL elevated because somebody else was injured? That I don't know. I forget. I know somebody. You know, that's happened before. You know, people are injured and somebody else is elevated. Um, but it's not as if they didn't have other options. Yeah, I know. I know. Where was Edge at the time? Was he injured? I think he was, he was on Raw. Was he on Raw at the time? Might have been on Raw. Yeah, I don't know. I know Benoit was on Raw because the previous WrestleMania, him and uh, Guerrero, that's when they both won their respective yeah. Yeah. brands world titles. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it was bizarre. And it was kind of, it was interesting because... Prior to what I assume would be the the draft, prior to this, you know, you had what was referred to as the SmackDown Six, which was uh, Benoit, Guerrero, Chavo, um, Edge. Uh, who am I missing? I'm missing. You're missing two. I'm missing two and two additionals. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it wasn't Undertaker. It wasn't Booker T. Oh, Kurt. Was Kurt Angle one of them? Hold on a second. I'm gonna look this up. Smack. Down six. Smackdown six was, oh, here we go. Guerrero, Angle, Edge, Benoit, Rey Mysterio, and Chavo Guerrero. Um, Paul Heyman had used, packaged those guys together to sort of, you know, really push the main events in and make main event players out of a couple of those guys. So um, this was after that. Benoit had been taken away by the draft. Maybe Edge had. I'm not, maybe Edge could have been nursing an injury or something. Rey Mysterio was still around, but they had him tag teaming with RVD. RVD, who, by the way, could have, you know, became in less than a year from this a main event player of his own. Mm-hmm. This was uh, late 2004. Yeah. It was actually more than a year because it was 2006 that he got the belt. Oh, it wasn't 2005? Okay. No, it was 2006. Okay. So about a year and a half from this. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, so it was weird. Like you said, there was Booker T, there was Undertaker, you know, there was, there there was, was Eddie, good there talent was Kurt Angle. there. Well, there was, there was great talent, legendary yeah. talent. Yeah. And then they put the belt on JBL for a year. But when you have, so, when you go from that SmackDown 6 where everybody's always putting on amazing matches, you bring in JBL, he's not going to give you an amazing match. Sometimes he'll give you a very bloody match, yes. which makes for very entertaining television. And the, the main event for, for this show was fun enough. Yeah, it was, and then the air got sucked out of the room when Heidenreich showed up. But let's start off at the beginning. Uh, First, I want to talk about the set. That was an awesome set. Yeah, it really was. When there's when there's a, a an ongoing fire, when you have your logo on fire constantly yeah. throughout the show, it's pretty awesome. Here's something I noticed. Okay, and this is pure coincidence, I'm sure. So I was looking at the Armageddon logo, and it's like yeah. that looks a lot like the God of War, the video game logo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so I looked into it. The God of War game came out. Like three months after the pay-per-view? Yeah. I'm not suggesting anything fishy going on, like somebody ripped somebody off. Not at all. Well, no. Hold, this was actually, I think this was sponsored by... Uh, PlayStation, it was. Yeah. yeah so there could have yeah. been some crossover, but okay, look, yeah. in pre- years previous, they yeah. used the same logo. Oh, okay. So this, I just, this is just funny, because I, I thought the first God of War game came out earlier. I'm yeah. Like, oh, wow, WWE just straight ripped off the oh, God of War yeah, logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't. This was weird. According to Wikipedia, the attendance was 5,000. It looked like a smaller arena, because they yeah. said it was Atlanta. I was expecting it to be at the Phillips Arena, where the Hawks mm, play, right. but it wasn't. It was at the, the arena. Gwinnett Center. Yeah, the arena at Gwinnett Center. Yeah. Well, they said Atlanta. It was Duluth. Oh, it was actually it must be a Duluth. suburb. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, the pay-per-view kicked off with RVD and Rey Mysterio. I, I totally forgot these guys not only were a tag team, they held tag team gold. Had no idea. They had know. won the belts the previous SmackDown. How long are they? Do you know how long they lasted as a tag team? I mean, no. here's the funny thing: is that you put RVD. This is weird. This is like a dream team, but either they weren't together long enough to be memorable as a tag team, or and I think this is, I have a suspicion this is more the case. 
both these guys knew they were well beyond being in a tag team because they did they did plenty of like cool combo moves like they yeah. had that 420 leg drop which is yeah, pretty yeah, cool yeah, yeah. But I feel like those guys put those moves together in their sleep. Oh, yeah. It didn't really seem all their, – their tag team didn't seem that inspired. Yeah. You know, some guys, when they're thrown together as a tag team, they have instant chemistry. Yeah. These guys, I just, it, it felt like RVD was like, you know what, this, is no, this isn't me and Sabu. I really should be further up the card. I should be, you know, I can put on the five-star matches. Rey Mysterio might have felt the same way. I have no idea how they felt. It just this feels like a holding pattern for two guys who are like enormously talented, and yet they still had the tag team titles. Yeah, I know. Who'd they fight? Uh, Rene Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki. I was not that familiar with Kenzo Suzuki's work, so I looked them up. Yeah, me too. Um, you have some notes there. A few. Uh, one I found most interesting was that he won uh, the Young Lions Cup twice in New Japan. Oh. And the second time he won it, he defeated... Tanahashi oh, to win it, and then wow. later tagged with him. Interesting. I found out that he was originally scheduled to debut on the Raw brand under the ring name Hirohito, a Japanese patriot who held anti-American views. They just can't get away from the anti-American heel, can they? They just can never let that one go. It's a new day that we're in now, and they're still doing that same thing. Anyways. <laughs> um, uh, this was actually a better match than I would have figured Rene Dupree who is you know what hey he was a big dude with a lot of muscles and not a ton of charisma but at least he did the little French dance yeah, thing yeah, at, least, yeah, yeah. at least you know what at least they said hey you're going to be a French dude so and he went all in on that yeah <laughs> he showed more personality than pretty much any of the other younger talent. yeah we'll, we'll get to them in a bit um but, uh, and, and they did some, I mean, the, you, you could tell these guys were both, Rene Dupree and Kenzo, I could tell they were making the most of their opportunities. Yes. They really were. Yes. Um, they fell short, but there was a bunch of cool spots here. There was this cool, um, uh, there was a good bit with a sunset flip um, attempt oh, yeah. that Rey Mysterio was trying to hit on Kenzo, and then uh, Rob Van Dam got up on the turnbuckle and uh, gave the kick assist yeah. for the sunset flip yeah, cool. uh, powerbomb there. Uh, there was a spinning leg drop across the barricade. So one of the, I think it was Rene Dupree, maybe, yeah. Yeah. was hunched, was like yeah. strewn over the barricade. Rob Van Dam did the spinning heel kick. That's always fun to see. There was a cool neck breaker across the top rope that uh, they hit, that the heels hit on Mysterio. Yeah. That was cool. There was a bunch of cool little bits in there. Yeah, it wasn't a bad match. They gave it plenty of time. I think it was about 18 minutes. At one point, Tori Wilson comes sprinting out. So we didn't get, like, I don't think we got, like, a video package explaining. No, they, the commentary team said something like RVD and Rey Mysterio helped her out at some point. Oh. So she was helping them out. So she chased off Heroku, I believe, was the name of the valet of uh, Kenzo Suzuki. Um, I think they're like a real-life item, too. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, she goes running off because she was trying to, you know, do some shenanigans. Um, there were some USA chants I noticed. And I'm pretty sure that was when Suzuki was fighting Ray Mysterio. Where's Ray Mysterio Jr. from? <laughs> was he from the 619? Yeah, that's San Diego. Okay, yeah, right. I thought he was built from San Diego. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Was he actually born in... He was born in Chula Vista, California. Oh, there you go, right on. Well, USA. USA. Good for them. Anyways, um, RVD hit a five-star frog splash on Rene Dupree to get the win. Yeah, here's one thing, though. Like, uh, at, at before that... When I mentioned Ray, Ray, Rene Dupree had one of the guys down, one of the, his opponents down, and he started to do a little French thing. Well, Kenzo on the outside started to do it too. And that was cool. You know yeah, what? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. at least these guys are giving the most that they can. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, like you said, RVD, he gets a hot tag, comes in, cleans house, gets the win. Uh, next up, we had a, a promo for Dixie Dogfight. This was Tough Enough Season 4. Million dollar uh, prize. That's right. That uh, according to Daniel Pewter, 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 he, got, he saw 250000 of that. I imagine the million dollars would be like a contract, assuming you don't get released yeah. from it. So he said he's not about a quarter million from that. Um, and uh, so this was, da- it was, I guess it was down to him and The Miz. Mm-hmm. They were uh, the final two. I love that during the promo later we saw that Ryback. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Brian Reeves. Anyways, um, so yeah, Daniel Pooter, he gave a, a promo. If you want to call it that. Oh, he, you know what's funny, though? 
You can learn how to do that. That kid looked great. Yeah, he had a good look, but it was a horrible promo. It was a. T- it was horrible. Well, here's the thing, though. I gu- I guarantee you, they said, "Hey, you know, there's the opportunity. We're doing it either live or live to tape. You get one chance." And so, you know, it's not like he didn't have a chance to go back and redos. Well, I mean, that's how you're going to do it if you're. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Down, so just saying. You know, they're not polished. But it was bad. It was really bad. It was really, really bad. I mean, when The Miz did his promo. Oh, you could tell. He was, yeah. It wasn't good. Yeah. But you could tell there were ingredients there yeah. that he could be good. <laughs> Daniel Pewter. Was not good. Yeah. He was, uh, Stumbled over his words several times. They should have made him the pewterized man of the 1990s. There you go. The computerized <laughs> man. The computerized man. Um, of the uh, 2000s. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what he said. Million dollar... Dollars. His catchphrase was snap, crackle, and pop. He said that later. Oh, uh, that he just like Rice Krispies. No, because he was saying after he won, how this he's an MMA fighter, so he fights oh, yeah. another boxing match. Yeah. And snap, crackle, and pop. Right. I you're supposed to insinuate he means he gets you joints, move. Yes. joints, bones, <laughs> body parts. Yes. Exactly. He didn't set it up. No. He just went. He he stumbled a lot, and then he just went straight for the more, punchline. More of an impressionistic uh, approach to <laughs> to, to promos. He would just toss <laughs> some uh, words and sentence fragments together, and, and hopefully, the audience it's left the up to interpretation. Yes. Exactly, avant garde promo. Maybe. No, I remind. I have in the note here. It said, "Remind me of Dirk Diggler," but yeah. even Dirk Diggler was a bit more fluid. Yeah. You know. Oh God! It was he was you know he was trying so hard though he was so earnest. Oh I know he was he was trying hard. He was so and, earnest. And he said he had a he had a good look. I didn't see it in any of his matches. In no, WWE. me neither. Me neither. It's weird that they had a, a reality show determine a new wrestler determined in part by a boxing match. Oh I know. You know what's weird too? If you think about it, what does the WWE try to emulate these days? MMA. Right. If maybe he was just born like ten years too early, could be because if you bring that guy in now, you put him in the performance center, you send him on the NXT house show circuit, you you know, to, and then they're like, hey, let's show all the the nuts and bolts, let's show all the the gross shit, let's show it, let's show you how you make hot dogs, you know? Yeah. Like nobody wants to see ugly promos. No. If it was today, Daniel Pewter would definitely be the computerized man of the 1990s. Uh, anyways, after that, uh, Kurt Angle comes down, and uh, he calls out um, his mystery opponent. Turns out to be Santa Claus. Kurt Angle is upset because when he gets home to see his daughter uh, on a, off, a, after a long road trip, mm-hmm. um, his daughter isn't talking about wanting to see Kurt Angle. She's talking about wanting to see Santa Claus. Yep. Santa Claus. And so he's pissed off about this. Apparently, Santa Claus is actually... Cliff Compton, a.k.a. Domino. Oh, that's who it was? So I think, wasn't Deuce the guy who The Undertaker didn't fall on but was supposed to? Yeah. Okay, I think so, so this is the other part of that duo. I was barely watching yeah. when Deuce and Domino were. Well, this whole period anything. I really wasn't watching at all. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Angle was such a stud, though. Oh, yeah, he My was. My God, he was such a stud. So Pooter lasted less than a year in WWE after Armageddon. He yeah. was gone in September 2005. Well, he didn't he didn't he didn't win over any uh fans in the in in the company because he almost snapped Kurt Angle's arm legitimately. Kurt Angle says that he was all uh he was god what was Oh, he said he was he, you know, he said he broke his neck four times during the w, his run in WWE and he said he was just coming off. So he had like no upper body strength when they did that thing. But again, that's really stupid. It's like Number one, if you're if you're pewter, don't you know? Probably not a great idea for me to embarrass Kurt Angle with shit. And number two, at gorilla position, whoever's producing that says, "Hey, listen, kid, come here. If for whatever reason you get Angle in a compromising position, you need to back off and make it look good." You know what I mean? Like, dude, he's, he's you're out there with Kurt, like it's supposed to be scripted. It's supposed to be predetermined. Can't be throwing people out there. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, he went into developmental after this. Yeah, after, yeah, just for yeah, a little bit. And they, yeah. this year they, uh, they gave him the option of uh, transferring to Deep South Wrestling for less pay. Yeah, he said the pay was really ridiculous. Yeah, And he said he didn't like the atmosphere there. Uh, I looked into it a little bit. Um, so anyways, yeah, then uh, Santa Claus comes down. Uh, Kurt Angle runs him down. Says he don't like him. Says yeah, you make real heroes look bad. Uh, and then he challenged him to a fight. And uh, basically, pretty quickly... Got him in the ankle lock, and uh, Santa yeah. Claus tapped out. Yeah. 
Santa Claus's gray wig went flying off too. And some people were saying, uh, some people online were saying, think this is regal, and it kind of had a regal look. But then when he was actually tapping out, you see more of his face. And I looked up that Cliff Compton guy. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't regal. I didn't yeah. think it was regal. No. After that, we had the uh, the Miz promo we talked about a little bit before. <laughs> Do you like how he ended it with "Eat it"? Yeah, that fool took it. He stole from Grimm, assuming Grimm was doing that 17 years ago or 12 years ago, whenever it was, 13 years ago. He said, eat it, yeah. But, yeah, like you said, Miz, he, he kind of had the ingredients already. Yeah, like, he didn't look as good as Daniel Computerized Man, but um, but he, he was more captivating on screen. He, he was, yeah, and his promo was just, was just better. Anyways, that um, led to uh, oh, oh Teddy Long comes out. But uh, along oh, with that, yeah. we had the Tough Enough promo. And I was trying to look up everybody else. One of the guys, I think his name was Juice something. Uh, I think he was one of the New American Gladiators. Oh, he went on to do that. Um, but yeah, Ryan Reeves Ryback was one of them with hair. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, and he still sounded. I oh, know the exact same. <laughs> exactly, I'm right. Well, he, we said no one here wants this more than I do. <laughs> No one here wants to eat more than I do. I can't wait till I'm done with this company. I'm going to start a podcast. Nobody In a line of nutritional products. And write a self-help book and self-publish it. Nobody here knows what a podcast is, but it's kind of like radio, but on the internet. <laughs> um, um, then yeah. Teddy Long comes out to explain the rules of the Dixie Dog Fight. So it's permission to a boxing match. It's a boxing match. Permission to a boxing match. <laughs> Between two gentlemen, two competitors... Who don't box? A, this should have been bare knuckle. B, barring that, which I know is illegal, um, they should have taken the stupid like sparring hats off, sparring helmets off. Like, come on, what are you? What's going to happen? Well, I mean, well, get like, somebody get knocked considering, out. Considering, well, considering Kurt Angle almost got his arm broken a few weeks prior to this, it's probably a good idea they had the <laughs> for the men, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading up on that too. Apparently, uh, uh, Angle broke the ribs of one of the other. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah. Because they were putting them through the... It was they were so doing shoot wrestling matches. That's what it was. That's that's how Pewter, Pewter almost broke Kurt Angle's arm. Oh, man. Hey, you, you say shoot. Say, this is real. I'm about to make a name for myself. Yep. Because you got... you. I mean, on the flip side, play devil's advocate for computerized man. You say shoot. Oh, man. I can get over on Kurt Angle? Who wouldn't find me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, doesn't you got to think? Maybe he's thinking, is it going to keep some options open if I break Kurt Angle's arm on yeah, live yeah, TV? Yeah, yeah, But yeah, probably not a great idea. No, not a good idea. So yeah, Dixie dogfight happened. El Snow was on commentary. He was the uh, the head coach for Tough Enough. Very serious, El Snow. Yes, very serious. Um, what does everybody course, want? It was three one minute rounds. No real boxing skill shows. So oh god, I was whatsoever. It was forever. It was forever. Just wild swinging, grabbing on to each other. Yep. Oh, so bad. At least the Miz showed some passion. Yeah, I know. He came out there. He he blew blew himself up the first round. <laughs> Just expending all his. He really did. It's how I imagined Hilton would do in this. Oh yes. in this thing. Um, but but anyway, uh, of course, there's no knockouts. Right. Yeah. Because they don't know how to the, to box. Um, so the so Pewter won by fan decision. You know what's funny is that it's really easy to say that, but like. And everybody thinks that, man, if I went to a boxing match, I'd just be doing this shit the whole time. Oh, no, I know I wouldn't. Everybody, everybody wants to hit, be like Rocky, where you're throwing haymaker after haymaker. That's what people <laughs> want it to be. Exactly. But I'd probably be, no, I'd probably be much worse. Yeah. Like, if you and I got into a boxing, we got our big helmets you know, on. You know, in, in 2K17, the, uh, the uh, taunt of Seth Rollins moshing, <laughs> that's how I'd be. Exactly. That is how I would be. Uh, the crowd started booing during this uh, boxing match. Yeah, because they paid money to go see that. And, you know, the, the crowd was actually pretty hot for the, the tag match that opened the show. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of into the Kurt Angle Santa Claus thing because mm-hmm. it was short. Yeah, it was short. This Dixie Dog oh, fight just sucked the air just completely out of the arena and <laughs> never really came back until the main event. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next up we had, oh, Pewter won that, by the mm-hmm. way. Because didn't, like, Teddy Long said... He said, nobody won, but we're going to take it to the crowd. Yeah, it's a fan vote. Yeah, yeah. The fan vote. This is yeah. uh, the winner of this fight by fan decision. Yeah. So. Daniel Computerized Man. <laughs> That's legit. Uh, next up, we had Eddie Guerrero and Booker T oh, backstage. It's just fantastic. You can sit there and watch these guys talk about absolutely nothing, and it's vastly entertaining. So they're talking about how, you know, uh, Eddie says, you know, I could just pin you really quick and, and win the title, and Booker says, I could do the same thing to you, and... And then they're talking shit about The Undertaker, and The Undertaker shows up, and they both freak out. It's fantastic. It's great. It's great. 
Eddie Guerrero is a gem. So mm-hmm. is Butcher T. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we had a couple guys called the Basham Brothers. Speaking of muscular uh, wrestlers, not a ton of charisma. Apparently, they were part of JBL's cabinet. Yep. They were the co-secretaries of defense. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I liked the other dude. I liked Orlando. Uh, oh, Jordan? Jordan, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was good. Yeah, he he had good. a good face on him. Yeah, he did. He had one of them charisma faces. Yeah. Um, and the, he, they were taking on Hardcore Holly. And, and Charlie Haas. Freaking, I love Charlie Haas. Yeah, he was good. I even, in the terrible, terrible, awful segment with Jackie Gator, who, by the way, he's still married to, and Don Marie, Charlie Haas still is cracking me up. Yeah. Because he's got that, God, what, like, just that meathead look. <laughs> but it's, but it's like character, it's, it's more like a, it's more like a David Putty meathead. It's not like a it's not like a charisma less meathead. Yeah, no, I know. And we mean. all knew that Charlie Haas could wrestle. Yeah, you know, like yeah. he he was he was on. Yeah, he, he had the pedigree. He was uh, he went to Seton Hall, and they said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he ended up in Ring of Honor, and it was totally legit. Like yeah. he was a really good wrestler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when the Basham Brothers came out, I thought a game show was starting because their theme song sounded like a game <laughs> oh show. Oh my god, it did. <laughs> That's right, it did. And then, of course, Hardcore Holly is in there thinking it's all real. I know. Um, um, there were boring chants during this match. <laughs> was that you or the crowd? No, the crowd. Because I know I was chanting that. Um, but they said during the match, like right at the start, it's like, oh, this is an unannounced uh, put-together match. <laughs> yeah. We need some. We need some another match to fill out the time on the card. <laughs> so there was no build to this match, so no one cared. Yeah. What, what, so was Hardcore Holly and Charlie Austin an actual tag team at the time? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, again, like, there's no video. But if they were, they probably weren't after this match. Yeah, well, there was a video package for the Cena stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't remember a video package for the Big Show, Jindrak, Luther Reigns stuff. Oh, the Brock Lesnar cosplayer? <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. So, anyways, um, yeah, this match sucked. Uh, uh, Don Marie comes out uh, ringside while Charlie Haas is on the outside because the storyline going on is that Charlie Haas and Miss Jackie are engaged. Correct. But Don Marie is starting rumors that herself and Charlie have been having an affair. Right, exactly. So, Don Marie comes out to help uh, Charlie Haas after Mm -hmm. he gets thrown out of the ring. Miss Jackie comes out Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to get between them. Um, Charlie Haas is dealing with all that. While Dad is in the ring, while Hardcore Charlie Holly, Holly gets distracted, um, and the Bashams, I don't know which one, uh, pick up the win by rolling up Hardcore Holly, then afterwards, Charlie Haas comes to the ring and Hardcore Holly just yells at him. <laughs> like he's a tough enough competitor. <laughs> Again, Hardcore Holly, I think he thought it was real. Yeah, maybe. Why didn't Charlie Haas show up in, the, in your Haas tournament that we had? <laughs> Well, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about prime. He office. needs to put on like 150 pounds and then <laughs> no, it, spell it, his last name differently. Dude, if your last name is Haas, it's different spelling though. You, you're in. I say you're in. It's a different spelling. Yeah. Anyways, um, next we had a John Cena, Carlito, and Jesus video package. Oh, this is great because I like it because so the, the story in storyline, John Cena was at some gentleman's club or a nightclub or something. Well, they call it an after hours club, but they had a bunch of stripper B rolls. They still so. stripper B rolls. <laughs> it was a strip club. Yeah, he's hanging out there with like Enzo More, um, and uh, apparently he was shanked. Yeah, by Jesus. Yes. Um, who I I'm trying to remember exactly where I knew him from. I, I'm pretty sure it was those old shows that me and Evald used to go. Yeah, to he back said the uh, he's he the hardcore kid, right? On Wikipedia, that's what said one of his... his yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't remember was. if he was in XPW or if he was in the other shows that we used to go to. But I remember, and then I remember tripping out because I was like, oh, wait a second, I've seen that guy live before. And it was sad because good-looking dude. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I know he got injured and released, but kind of a bummer that, like, he never... They never, like, you know, reapproached him or anything. I don't I know. know what the story is there, but, man, I thought that he had a really great look. And I loved Carlito at this point. Like, I remember... Really enjoying like the whole Carlito thing. And I remember this was like weird because it was like taking they, they were acting like it was real and it was taking place like off camera and stuff. And Cena got stabbed. It wasn't like they had cameras at the after hours club. No, it was, it was it was you know like stock footage B roll of the <laughs> club. Exactly. So the idea that Cena got stabbed like in his kidney. Yeah. And then had to go through surgery. It was all weird. Um, but uh, yeah, so this was a street fight. 
between Jesus, who's coming out there with Carlito. And John Cena. And John Cena, who was hugely over yes. at the time. This was uh, all in the build-up to him winning the title from JBL WrestleMania. Carlito yeah. was selling a shoulder injury. Right, right, right. He suffered at the hands of John Cena. Yeah. Um, and this uh, show also marked the debut of the Spinner U.S. That's title. That's right. Taz and Michael Cole marked out big time for the U.S. Spinner belt. That was that was an ugly time. Yes. The the later WWE version with the spinner on it, I think that was better. Yeah, it was. That was a lot better, especially when you just put it into place. It just looks like a really good belt. I know. But that U.S. title, like the U, the font where it says U.S. and you say USA, it said like U.S. on the front. Yeah, was it wasn't so a good belt. ugly. It was not a good belt. Yeah, and it was smaller. Yeah, it was ugly. Um, but anyways, uh, match was whatever. Like it, it was went, pretty much a squash match. Yeah, it was. It went out into the crowd. They brawled outside the ring a lot. Yeah, uh, there was a kendo stick. Yeah, the Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Carlito throws a kendo stick into the ring, and Jesus hits Cena with it once in the kidney. Cena no sells, grabs the stick, and then hits Jesus across the head twice with it. <laughs> oh, they were yeah. not pulling their shots back then. No, they were not. Definitely not, because there's this one spot where Jesus is over the barricade. He's, I don't know if it's real or not, but he's bleeding mm-hmm. in the crowd, mm-hmm. and it looks like Cena just shoot kicks him right in the head. Yeah. And then later on, I mean, granted, it's a garbage can lid. That's pretty flimsy. But mm-hmm. the, the street sign, yeah. that's got a little more weight to it. Yeah. It's bent it over Jesus' yeah. head. Yeah. That's why Jesus, he's like, screw this. I know. So, well, Cena, of course, wins clean with an FU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, gets his, his uh, chain back, too. I just really like that, like, during the video package of this, uh, it was showing, like, Teddy Long was investigating Cena getting stabbed at a strip club. I'm like, it's probably like a matter for cops. Yeah, it's a police matter, I would think. <laughs> uh, Teddy Long. <laughs> Just run your show, Teddy Long. Um, oh, yeah, he also had the Ruck Fools shirt on, mm-hmm. which at the time I thought I remember it being cool, but now you look at him like, that number A is a terrible font. B, I don't even, it doesn't even make sense. No. I did like his word life hoodie he wore in the video package. Oh, I know. Me too. Like, I was thinking if he ever actually wrestled in that, that is the comfiest shit. Because he had the visor too. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, that visor looked cool. And I kind of wish that visors were more, like, in. Yeah. I wish I could wear a visor and not be laughed at. Because I like visors. Really? Well, here's the thing about Play it. softball. He can wear visors when you play softball. Yeah, but then I'm, I have to wear them. Like, I can only wear them when I'm playing, so I can't... No, not necessarily, because you go out and you wear a visor, and people are like, oh, what's with the visor? I'm going to play softball. They're like, it's raining outside. Well, I mean, if it clears up, I'm playing softball. (laughs) 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 It's scheduled for an hour. We've got a game scheduled at 7 o'clock, so I'm going out running my errands for the game, and I'll go to the field, and if it clears up, and the the field dries down enough, we're playing softball. Exactly. (laughs) We're playing softball. (laughs) (laughs) Become the the sit of going in (laughs) raw. Did you like, Dedicate your life you like to softball. How, how giant Cena's George were, too. Oh, I know. <laughs> he was swimming in them, dude. What the heck? Those were horrible. I wish he would go back to I wearing... Mean, it's all grungy. I wish he would go back to wearing the uh, the retro sh- the shoes, though. Like when he's wearing pumps and Jordans and stuff. Oh, man. I, love, I just love when he was wearing jerseys. Yeah. That was rad. He looked cool. He looked yeah. cool as crap. Oh, man. I know. And it's like he's all edgy and like he's got like fire, you know? He's like really kicking people and shit. Mm-hmm. He's still burying people, but like he's got like. And nowadays he's he just was even super Cena shit. back then. I know he was. Oh, yeah, we're gonna put him in Vince's bag. I like this kid. <laughs> no selling everything. Take a kendo shot to the kidney and no selling. That was a fucking hint. Um, <laughs> like somebody, somebody tweeted at the talking about no selling. So somebody tweeted at the Young Bucks the other day, and they said, uh, "If you were to fight the revival, how would oh, you counter their their yeah. something something offense?" And he says, "We would no sell them." That was great. I chuckled at that, too. <laughs> fools. Oh, man. Uh, next, we had uh, Miss Jackie and Charlie Hoff backstage. Um, they were talking about the status of their relationship. Yeah. Um, Charlie Hoff was changing into his referee gear because he was refereeing a match between Don Marie and Miss Jackie. A match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and in the process of this conversation, Miss Jackie gave Charlie Hoff her engagement ring. Right. That will come into play later on. Yeah, foreshadowing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they proceed to make out. Like, oh, yeah. Full tongue. Uh. Well, there's still a couple. But, like, it's... If, if you're on TV and the camera's, like, right here in no. your face, I don't, don't want to see, like, the that. muscles in your, your tongue shit. He's all, 
That's gross. It was so nasty. And then, like, starts to walk away, and he, like, his giant bear mitt, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, like, slaps her butthole. Yeah. He's like, you look great, or something like that. Yeah, you're great. <laughs> hey, Jackie, you're great. <laughs> he, goes, he goes out there. Oh, man. Uh, wait, was was their match? There was next, yeah. Theirs was next? Where's yeah. my, where's my notes? Oh, well, Apparently well. don't have any. All right. Oh, yeah, no, because here's my only note for this. Did, did they even train women's wrestlers back then? Oh, this was awful. The match quality was horrible. awful. It was awful. This was terrible. It only lasts like, I think this was like the actual match. About a minute. Like a minute and change. Yeah. But it was really bad. It was really bad. Don um, Marie got a, a roll-up, kind yeah, of? Yeah, and Charlie Haas. She had a handful of types. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Charlie Haas uh, called the, found the pin. Uh, Don Marie is the winner, of course. Miss but that Jackie. was all just prelude yeah. to what happened next. Of course, Miss Jackie was upset because her fiancé just... Kind of yeah. pitfall, like you know, hey, you just rammed your tongue into my mouth. Yeah, I should get at least get a two count. Yeah, at least get know. a slow count or something. Give me a two count to, exactly. to kick out. Yeah. So uh, Charlie grabs the mic and confirms. Yeah, he is having an affair with Don Marie and calls off his engagement with Miss Jackie. He said it's done and he has the ring and then he holds out the ring to Don Marie. He says, Don Marie, why are you such a slut? Whoa, double standards galore. Can't do that these days. But Charlie Haas did it. Uh, and then he said, I'm done with both of you. I mean, evident, I, I fully expected. He was like, why don't you kiss each other? I'm out of here. And I, fi- I totally figured it was going to end in a threesome. I honestly thought they were all going to just drop trout and have a threesome there live for the crowd. But then I, I would have, like, known about that going into this. Yeah, we would have heard about that. Yeah. Um, so he just he just storms off. And so we're kind of left confused, like, Wait, so you don't you don't even want a girlfriend? Like you don't want any of them? Well, he said to Jackie, "I love you." I'm not in love, but with I'm you. not in love with you. He had a big smile on his face when he said that too, like he was the man who invented that phrase. Uh, yeah, so he walked away with nobody, with nothing. Yeah, I'm like, all right, Charlie. Well, evidently it's easy enough for you to pull. Yeah, evidently you have other options. Like Big Show had Joy Giovanni apparently. Yeah, he was I, walking backstage and runs into Joy Giovanni and she kisses him. Yeah. I didn't. The only thing I knew about Joy Giovanni is that she was on this calendar. She was on this calendar. I don't remember her. Now that I've seen Armageddon 2004, I won't remember her past this review. Um, I but unless we start watching a lot of more, lot more stuff in 2004. I don't want to do that. No. If this was an, any indication. Yeah. Um. So yeah, big show. Big show had a beef with, I guess, Kurt Angle. Yeah, and this was after Team Angle. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have Shelton Benjamin and, and Charlie Haas at he his like, side. Yeah. He had. Mark Jindrak used to be one half of a tag team with Sean O'Hare. And one of the natural-born thrillers. Yeah. And Luther Reigns, who I know nothing about, except he, nothing. he he wore the same exact ring gear as Brock yeah. Lesnar. He had a similar haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he, he was looked like to a me, brunette. Yeah, he looked yeah. to me like a Brock Lesnar cosplayer. Yeah, no, he totally and was. Especially because this was after Lesnar had already left. Yeah. Luther Reigns, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about him. He didn't do anything that was memorable. You know, usually, if there's... Okay, for example, like Jesus, right? <laughs> His Wikipedia page. He looks so confused right there. And that's from 11 years ago. Oh, no. It was, uh, eight, nine yeah, years nine years ago. Oh, that's great. Where did he end up? Retirement. Retirement. <laughs> oh, man. Look at that. But, yeah. So, like, okay, for example, Jesus. You take one look at that kid... And you're like, oh, wow, like that dude, he looks cool. He's got a good look to him. I wouldn't mind seeing him do more things. Yeah. Luther Reigns, you take one look at him and you see like generic, like 99 cent store pro wrestling action figure. Like you go there and it's got like wrestling all stars or something like that. And it's like, you know, a recolored version of Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar action figure. What did he end up doing? Anything? Um, he wrestled for Scott Norton's Wild West Championship Wrestling Promotion, where he took on, I think this is Jesus. That sounds like a creator yep, wrestling. Yes, that's Jesus. Oh, nice. So Aaron Aguilera. Aguilera. And also uh, Heidenreich showed up in Wild West Championship it's Wrestling. A, uh, SmackDown 2004 All-Stars. He was in some movies. There. He was in The Girl Next Door. Oh, I can't remember him from that. He was in some television shows. An episode of CSI from 2009. I like that he was in a movie called Spring Break 83 as a character named Horseshoe. No, oh, it sounds like he's part of the uh, oh the the concussion lawsuit that was. Ah, uh, okay. I think. No wonder he left. He's like John Cena's backstage killing everybody with road signs, and Vince isn't doing anything about it. 
You're a fire. So, yeah, this was a, a three-on-one handicap match. Saw Kurt Angle, Mark Jindrak, and Luther Reigns take on... Well... At least Jindrak, like, he, did, he had good muscles and he had no problem. Like, that was sort of his thing. He would just go in there and he'd say... Yeah. Huh? He did the Rick Rude dance once. Uh, yeah, he did the Rick Rude dance. He was like an amalgam of all those sort of beefy, more charismatic wrestlers. Yeah. Who won this? I don't even know what happened in the end. Um, in the end, oh yeah, Big Show pins Jindrak after an F five. Boy, they were really, they were really uh, going after that Brock crowd then. Huh? Yeah, I don't like, know. he might not be here, but we can get guys that look vaguely like him or at least dress like him, and then just tell other wrestlers to do his moves. Yeah, you're looking up Sean O'Hare, not Mark Jindrak. Right? Yeah, I know, but they they were tag team partners in WCW. Yeah, they're part of the Natural Born Thrillers. So I was just trying to see when they were no longer partners. That's it. Oh, okay. I got you. Anyways. Yeah. I'll do um, that later. Next, Funaki interviewed Funaki. Oh, yeah. Number, SmackDown number one announcer, Funaki, um, who had a cruiserweight championship shot against a uh, heel Spike Dudley. It was weird seeing him with no shirt on. Oh, I know. I'm so used to him wearing the tie-dye shirt tie-dye and the jean shorts. Jean shorts are the um, overalls. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, overalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but he was all like, and he's not, he wasn't like, what do they used to call him in ECW? Like the run to the litter or something like that? He was all like articulate and stuff. Well, Spike Dudley, he was like a teacher. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That sounds right. He was all, all, all articulate and stuff. That cruiserweight belt looked great. Yeah, it did. It was a really good looking belt. It was a good looking belt. Um, and, uh, and basically they traded back and forth. Funaki had that one little moment. So he was like usually comedy. But then when uh, uh, Spike asked him like, you know, how do you think you're going to beat me? And Funaki said, uh, or he said, he said, he says, do you have any questions for me? He says, yeah. He said, who's there? And, or he said, knock, knock. And he said, who's there? And he says, Armageddon. He said, Armageddon who? He says, Armageddon, your title from you. But he said it with, like, some passion. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, it's kind of cool. Anyways, they had their, that match up next. Yeah. That, yeah. And, you know, it was weird. Even, like, the, so, the WCW Cruiserweights in the late 90s. Like, move like cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Like, they, mm-hmm. Bischoff, to his credit, brought them in. Let them wrestle their style. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you can do. Yeah. But even back then, like, Funaki and Spike Dudley, they wrestled a regular WWE match. I know. If they were just smaller. They just did a regular match. I know. What the hell? I know. There's at one point where Spike almost landed right in his head when he was trying to do, like, oh, a sunset flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, towards yeah. the finish, right, yeah. right before the finish, which saw uh, Funaki mm-hmm. win the title with the roll-up. Shocking uh, Funaki. And Spike Dudley and nobody else. The crowd was dead by the end. They were like, you know. It was really the Dixie dog fight that took everybody yeah, out. Yeah, it show. really did. It really did. Um, next up was the, I'm looking at your JBL name. in the locker room, like clutching, yeah. clutching the championship title. Yeah. Because he has to face three other men um, in the main event to defend his belt. In comes the Basham brothers. Mm-hmm. They say stuff to him. In comes uh, Amy Weber. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm glad that you got her name. Said stuff to him. Mm-hmm. In comes Orlando Jordan. So they're all more like saying in kind of hushed tones, you know, you got this, but if not, we're still here for you. Yeah, it's all it's all very sort of depressing. Like, yeah. They're all like, you're probably going to lose. I kind of feel like JBL is actually kind of overselling that aspect of it. Yeah, I know. Me too. Especially when he walked out for the match. Yeah. It looked like he's on the verge of tears. Because I don't remember him ever. I mean, I, look, I, I wasn't like paying full attention the entire time, but like they even made a note of that. And I get they were trying to sell. They were trying to sell the the weight of it, and that the belt meant so much for him. Mm-hmm. But it, right. it, you know, as a heel, it almost made him sympathetic. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, but there was, a, uh, there was a pretty cool video package um, that highlighted the whole mm-hmm. feud leading up to this. Yeah, and this was a really fun match. The only time that the crowd stopped caring was when Heidenreich showed up. Otherwise, this was a lot of fun from, like, start to finish, and the crowd was actually really into it. Yeah. Um, so there were some good bits. Uh, Booker T. Like, hit, kicks everybody. Kicking everybody. Um, hits Eddie Guerrero with a scissors kick, um, but Eddie kicks out of two. Um, JBL powerbombs Booker T onto a table. He's probably supposed to go through. Yeah. But the, he didn't. JBL elbows... Booker T setting him through the table. Yep. Um, and then shortly after that, Undertaker gives JBL a last ride through the other announced table. That looked pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, there's this great spot where Eddie hits two frog splashes on the Undertaker, goes for the pin, Undertaker kicks out of two, and then sits right back up. That was great. Well, then and right after that, Eddie got a huge ladder, climbs the top, 
and does another frog splash. Yeah. Off that, sells the injury, takes him all to get the pin. He goes for it. Undertaker kicks out again. Yeah. God, Eddie was so good. Like all of his, he was so he was so well defined as a character, not just outside of the ring, but inside of the ring. Like you can always, he's always the crafty one. Yeah, that's what he is. He's the crafty one. It's so much fun to watch him. And then yeah, like for that spot, like he hits one frog splash, gets right up, hops to the other corner. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Crowd's going crazy. He hits the second one. Crowd goes like crazy when Undertaker kicks out because that yeah. was crazy. Yeah, and it sits right up. crazy a lot right now. I know. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. Booker T hits JBL with a scissor kick. Mm-hmm. Um, Undertaker comes in, breaks up that pinfall, and the Undertaker just choke slams everybody. Yeah. And at that point, yes. Heidenreich. Heidenreich. Comes in and starts attacking the Undertaker. Again, large man, lots of muscles, very tall, completely devoid of charisma. I, re- I vaguely remember, dude, I just, this is what I remember from that era is all these big, boring guys, and I'm like, why am I watching this shit? Yeah. So and they're just kind of using these, you know, uh, I guess they're, they're hoping, you know, in some cases they are uh, salacious storylines. Mm-hmm. To sell the product as opposed to uh, compelling characters. Yeah. Good action in the ring. Because if you're going to go with, like, salacious storylines, it's like, either go full attitude error or don't. You, yeah. you know, it's like they, they half-assed the hell out of it. Well, how many, how many angles on the show were involving, like, love interests? Oh, I know, I know. In some capacity. Or Santa Claus. Yeah, at least two, three I mean, Big Show got kissed by George. Yeah, the whole Don Marie, Miss Jackie, Charlie Haas love triangle thing. John Cena and strippers thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Tori Wilson did the run-in. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's like, rather than come up with interesting characters and putting on good matches. The main event was a good match. The opening match was a good match. Mm-hmm. But rather than just focusing on that, especially when you have the, that kind of talent, when you have Booker T, Eddie Guerrero, Undertaker, yeah. uh, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Rey Mysterio. Really, 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 really good wrestlers. Yeah, Rob Van Dam and Rey Mysterio are opening the show as a tag team. I know. And they're all really well-defined, really interesting characters. Yeah, I know. Focus on that, and I think that's probably why Heyman's tenure on SmackDown was so successful. Mm-hmm. He focused on wrestling and characters. Yep, exactly. And didn't worry about over-the-top soap opera, over-the-top storyline. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like after he left, they just went right back to that. Yep. Anyways. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, Heidenreich attacks Undertaker, <clears throat> makes his point, leaves... Um, JBL at one point was trying to go for a pin on everybody and everybody was kicking out. Eventually he ends up with a clothesline from hell on Booker T and retains his WWE Championship. Yep. <clears throat> at this time the WWE Championship, if I recall, was considered the secondary belt to the World, ta- uh, to the world Championship over on Raw where I think it was probably Batista probably... No, Batista won it from Triple H at the next Mania, mm-hmm. so I would suspect that Triple H had it at that time. Um, or maybe Orton had it at that time. Uh, it had just been vacated mm. on December 6, 2004, and Triple H would win it on January 9, 2005, before, before losing it to Batista the following WrestleMania. Okay. Why was it vacated? A double, double fall occurred a triple threat match also involving Chris Benoit and Edge oh, okay. on Raw. Look at, look at how many Triple H's there are in that. That's a lot. That belt in the span lineage right there. Three years. Triple H, HBK, Triple Five. H, Goldberg, Triple H, Benoit, Orton, Triple H, vacated Five Triple H, H Reigns, I know. The vacated Kurt Angle, right, Mysterio? Oh, Kurt Angle went over for the draft, I guess. Interesting. So anyways, yeah, crap pay-per-view. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It really even wasn't Apart from a couple instances, all that interesting either. No, it wasn't. I mean, that's sort of one of the, one of the things about when people say, "Oh, this is the worst pay per view." This is, it, it plays into what I've said before. In that, you can have good wrestling, you can have bad wrestling, you just can't have boring wrestling. Yes, and that's the problem with like critiquing this stuff. It's like we had a good, we had you know, we had a couple of laughs critiquing this, but. It's, it's with the bad stuff and the good stuff, not with the boring stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that leads us to next week where we are going to uh, one of three options. Yes. What are You have two options. What is third? Wrestling Classic. Moving on. I'm not going to do the Wrestling Classic. Slamboree 2000. No, I'm not going to do that either. Need a good hook. Both of these have good hooks, kind of. What are the hooks? Well, WrestleMania 13 is Bret Hart versus uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. That's uh, not a good WrestleMania. 
Otherwise. No, it's not, but it's probably really funny. But then there's a really amazing, there's a really really good match. I want to revisit that match. Yeah, I want to revisit. I that remember match. the first time I watched it. You know, it, it's it's so hyped as being so great that I remember yeah. watching it the first time and feeling like it was good. Yeah. Because we might did we do Mania 13 as the book of the match on the regular no, I show? I don't think so. Okay, because I thought I remember talking about this match. We probably did an account on it or something. Yeah, we talked about it. Several also, times. so our options are WrestleMania 13. Sold out, 1997. This was the NWO pay-per-view. Oh, wow. It's probably terrible. I think I remember watching that. So we've got good and bad. And then we've got all bad. And then I'm going to go with... Oh, okay. Here we go. This is what we're going to do. We are going to do... Which one is this one? NXT TakeOver... Revolution, December 11th, 2014. We're going to give that as an option. See if anybody wants to get a little bit a little bit different. Oh, okay. We've got Kevin Owens versus Juice Robinson. Yeah, CJ Parker. Uh, the Lucha Dragons. Baron against, Corbin versus Ty Dillinger. Yes, the Lucha Dragons versus the Vaude Villains. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor and Hideo Itami against the Ascension. There you go. Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. There you go. Sami Zayn versus Neville. There you go. This is the, this is the show that got me watching NXT. Uh, it's either this one or I don't remember if I watched this one or if I started the next one because I think the next one was uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. and I, th- I know I watched that one, mm-hmm. so I think I started with that one. So those are your options. Your options are sold out 1997, WrestleMania 13, NXT Takeover 2014. I'm sorry, NXT Takeover. Our Our Evolution 2014. And the winner, as determined by the patrons, is Sold Out 1997. It's awful. Good, good. All right, so now you have your homework for next weekend. Uh, I got a show I got to watch while I'm on vacation. I know, my goodness. Not so much of a vacation after all. Oh, yeah, when this goes up, you'll be on vacation. When this video goes up, yeah. That's right, that's correct. Good, all right, well... Let us know what you guys think in the comments, as always. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.